Shalom to all. Today's daf is Ayurvin daf pay. We're starting four lines from the top, the last word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored the Eli Nishma, so Mordechai ben Rebelio, his neshama should have an aliyah. Now we had learned yesterday that when the barrel of food being used for the shitav belongs to one resident, he needs to transfer ownership, be mezaka it to everyone in the mavoi. It needs to be picked up a tefach off of the floor by the person doing the zechia for everyone. And now the Gemara asks, Meisvei, Kesem Mishtatim mavoi, how do we do shitav? Mevin chavashal yain, we bring a barrel of wine, shal shemen, or of oil, shal tamar, or of dates, shal gregoris, or of dried figs, shal sharmine pears, or of any other sort of fruit. Imi shalai, if it belongs to one person, tzarech lezakas, he has to be mezaka everyone else. Vimi shalahen tzarech leidia, if it belongs to them, so then he has to double check that they still are masking to this Erev. This is referring to the case where they all chipped in with their own food. He needs to ensure that everyone is still willing to join in this collective Erev. As we've previously learned that if someone's Makban and doesn't want anyone to eat from his portion, then he can't be a participant in this Erev. continues the Brisa. He also has to raise it off of the floor of Mashu. This is going back to the case where he's being Mazaka everyone else with his food. So the person who's doing the Zechiah has to raise it off of the floor of Mashu. So this is our question because we started off today saying that our previous memory was that he has to raise it off of the floor of Tefach, not just a Mashu. So the Gemara answers, my mashu nami, the ka'amar tafach. This mashu that's being stated over here in this brasa is really referring to a tafach, and since a tafach is just a very little amount off of the floor, it's being called a mashu. And the Gemara continues, itmar, she tufe muvais when we're talking about shitof. Rav Amar, he says, ain't sarchazakais, no zechiah needs to happen. It's assumed that everyone wants to join in, and no official halachic zechiah has to happen. Ushmulam, he says, sarchazakais, we need an official zechiah. Erevet tchumen, what about tchum? Rav Amar, sarchazakais, we do need a zechiah. Ushmulam, ain't sarchazakais, we don't need a zechiah. So now the Gemara says, Bishlein l'shmul. I understand the Quran to Shmuel, Hachatanan, We have a Mishnah here and we don't have a Mishnah there. We have a very clear statement when it comes to Shitov that Zechia does need to happen, and we don't have that when it comes to Erev. El Rav, my Taima. What's Rav's reasoning? He doesn't necessarily have any support for himself. So the Gemara says, Tanaihi, it's actually Machakas Tanaim. Dom Rav, Hudama Rav, There's a story with the daughter in law of Rabbi Shaya. She went to the Beis Hamerchas. It was outside the Tchum, and she went there Erev Shabbos. And then it got dark. It was Shabbos ready. But her mother-in-law had made an error for her and that would allow her to come back inside the Tchum. And this story came from Asar, and he said that she is not allowed to come back inside the Tchum because the error that her mother-in-law made for her wasn't valid. He said, Babylonian, you're so strict when it comes to Erevin. This is what my father said, if you're able to be lenient when it comes to Erevin, so you should be lenient. Why are you being so machmir? And the Talmudim asked, this food that was used for the Erev, was it her mother-in-law's and since she wasn't mezake to her daughter-in-law, that's why the Erev wasn't valid? Or perhaps Mishala Irvala, it was actually the daughter-in-law's food. Since it was done without her consent and knowledge, that's why it wasn't valid. One of the Rabbanon told them, his name was I can explain this matter of Irva. It was her mother-in-law's food. It's because she was not mezake to her. And Amalei told Rabbi Yaakov, when you get over there, Akif, please make a detour. Vazil the Soma and go to this place, Soma Detsur. please ask this question of Rav Yaakov Idi. What's the reason why this Erev would not be valid? he asked him, Is it because her mother in law had given her own food and she just wasn't mezaket to her daughter in law? That's what wasn't valid. Perhaps she used her daughter in law's food. Since it was without her consent, that's why it wasn't valid. Amrlah, he answered, It was from her mother in law, and it's because she wasn't mezaka her the food. But we see from here that Rav has a time to support him because Rabchi was the one that had said that this Erev is not valid because no Zechiyah took place.
And we continue talking about Zechia. Amrav Nachman, Nikatinon, we know, Echad Erevet Chumen, Vechad Erevet Chatzeres, whether we're talking about Erevet Chumen or Chatzeres, Echad Shitufim Uvais, if we're talking about Shituf, Sarach Hazakos, an official Zechia has to take place for everyone in this area. By Rav Nachman, he asked, Erev Tavshilin, Sarach Hazakos, and Sarach Hazakos. What about Erev Tavshilin? This is the Erev that we make before Yantif to last to cook from Yantif to Shabbos. Does Zechia need to be done for everyone who's going to be included in this Erev Tavshilin? Amrav Yosef, he says, Umayti Barley, what's his question? He didn't hear what was said in the name of Shmuel, Erev Tavshilin, it needs to have official Zechia done. Of course he never heard of this member from Shmuel. If he did hear it, what exactly is he asking? In regards to Erevet Chumen, didn't Shmuel say that no Zechia needs to take place? And Rav Nachman had said that we do need Zechia. So therefore it's possible that Rav Nachman also argues in the case of Erevet Chumen. The Gemara says, Is that really comparable? In the case of Erevet Chumen, Rav and Shmuel argue about this. And Rav Nachman's teaching us that we have to go according to the stringencies of both of them. But over here, in the case of Erev Tavshilin, if he would have heard what Shmuel said, is there anyone that argues with Shmuel that he would have argued with Shmuel himself? In this case, no one argues with Shmuel. So it must be that if he's asking the question, he never heard of Shmuel's halacha in regards to Erev Tavshilin. And now we're going to talk about shituf against someone's will. Hahu Terzina, there was an armory guard. Rashi says that this was a Gentile hired to guard the armory, the stockpile of weapons that people had to protect themselves from invasion. He lived in the neighborhood of Rabzera. Amrule, they told him, please rent us your right of usage. But he didn't want to do so. So they came in front of Rabzera asking what they should do. Amrule, they said to him, can we rent his right of usage from his wife without his knowledge? Amrule, Rabzera told him, this is what Rish Lakish said, which made the Gavarabah in the name of a great man. Umanu, who's that great man? Rabbi Chanino. A man's wife can join in the Erev without his knowledge, even against his will. And I heard Chizino, we have this armory guard, the Havishavusid Rabbi Hudabar Ishayo. He lived in the neighborhood of Rabbi Hudabar Ishayo. Amrile, they asked him, Please rent us your right of usage. He didn't do so. They came in front of him. Amrile, they said, Can we rent the right of usage from his wife? But he didn't have the answer. They went in front of Masna. He didn't have the answer. They went to Rabbi Yehuda. Amr Lui told him, Hachi Amr Shmuel, this is what Shmuel says, Ishta shal adam she could join in the Erev without his knowledge and without his consent. Now the Gemara says, Mesve, we have a question. If we have a woman that joined in the Erev or the Shitav without consent from their husbands, it's not a valid Erev or Shitav. So we see that a woman is not allowed to join without the consent of their husband. The Gemara says, Loi Kasha, no question. One is talking about the case where they're going to ask for everyone from caring if they don't join in. One is they're not going to ask for everyone from caring if they don't join in. What's the case where they're not going to ask for everyone? That's if we have a chutzr that's in between two mavois and they can choose do we want to join with that mavoi or that mavoi. So since they're not going to ask for anyone from caring if they don't join in, let's say mavoi A, because they could technically be part of mavoi B, so then we can't accept a shitov from the wife. However, if they're going to ask for everyone because they live in the same chutzr or the same mavoi and there's only one mavoi or one chutzr here, so then we're able to accept a shitov or eruv from this wife even without her husband's consent. And we say, this is very logical that Shmuel agrees that in the case where they're not going to ask her without joining in, so then we cannot accept it against the husband's consent. We would have a steer Shmuel and Shmuel. The Amr Shmuel, he says, We have one person in the Mavui that usually joins in with everyone else in his Mavui. And this week, he decided not to join in because he wanted to ask her everyone else from carrying. They can go into his house and they can take the Shittuf against his will. That's only if he usually joins in the Shittuf and by not joining in now, he's going to 
going to ask for everyone from caring. However, if he usually doesn't join in the Shittah, meaning he's not going to ask for them from caring if he doesn't join in, so then they can't force him to join. Shema Amino, we see from here, there's a difference between whether or not he's going to ask for them. And let's say this is a proof. We could force him to chip into the expenditures of making a Lechi or Kaira for a Mavoy. So we see that we can force him to join for the Lechi or Kaira, and this is going to enable everyone to carry in the Mavoy. Payamud Bey is on the top. The Gemara says it's not a Raya. Shani Hasim, that case is different. That's actually talking about a case where there was no wall in the Mavoy and it was dangerous. So then we can force him to chip in to build a wall, but not necessarily to join in for Lechi or Kaira to allow us to carry there. Lishnachmina, a different way of understanding this is Mitzad Shani, when it's on the side, it's different, and the Mepharshim grapple with how this is actually an answer. Some say the word's not supposed to be Mitzad, it's supposed to be Bebezdin, Bez Bez Dalid instead of Mem Tzadi Dalid, and there's many other different explanations. The Gemara continues, We're allowed to make a Lechi out of an Asherah tree, which is a tree that was served as an Avay Dezara, and we know that we're really not allowed to use an Asherah tree for anything. And Roshim ben Lakashamar, he says, We're even allowed to make an Asherah tree into a Kaira. Mandakamar Kaira, if you say Kaira, call Shekin Lechi for sure Lechi, because a Kaira is much thicker and has to be stronger than a Lechi. However, if you hold Lechi, you're not allowed to use a Kaira. Why? Because the shear of the Kaira is considered like it's crushed, pulverized, it's like it's not there. Why is that? Since an Asherah tree has to be burned, we view it as if it already was halachically burned, and it's as if there's nothing here at all, so we don't have the proper shear for a Kaira. The obvious question is, what's the difference between a Kaira and a Lechi once we have this concept of Ketusei Mechdas, and Taisvis deals with that. And the Mishnah continues, Nismayat HaEichel, let's say the food of the Shitov has been diminished. There's not enough. Maisef Umezake, he's allowed to add food from his own, he can Mezake to everyone. The Ainsar Chleidia, he does not have to get everyone's consent, that's because he's giving his own food. Let's say more people came to live in this mavoy. He could add his own food and be mezakeh to everyone. But he does have to get everyone's consent that they want to join in the Erev. Now the Mishnah asks, How much food do we have to have? What's the proper shear, the proper amount? So we say, When there's a lot of people here, All the Erev has to be is two sudais, no matter how many people are there. If there's only a few people there, we have to have enough to provide a dried fig for every single person. That's only when you're starting to set up the Erev. But with the leftovers of the Erev, meaning if it was Nismayat, if it got diminished, there could even be a little bit of food left, and he obviously argues with the Tanakama. And we only said you have to make an Erev Chatseris, so that children shouldn't forget the whole concept and institution of Erev Chatseris. That's because we've already said that once we have Shitufim Uvayis, we technically don't need an Erev Chatseris, however we want to do this, so the children don't forget about it. Now the Gemara asks, Mayaskin, what are we talking about over here when the food was diminished and now he's allowed to add on? If we're talking about that he's adding in the same type of food that the Erev was made with originally, why are we discussing if it was diminished? Even if somehow the food got completely done with, someone ate it, it disappeared, this person should be allowed to remake the Erev with the same type of food that they had made it originally with without getting their consent, obviously they wanted to make it with that type of food. So we say, it must be that he's adding in a different type of food. So we say, even if it just got diminished, he should not be allowed to add it without getting their permission. If the food is completely done, there's no more food over here. If he wants to add the same type, he doesn't have to tell everyone or get their consent. If he's adding a different type of food, so he does have to get their consent. So the Gemara says, our Mishnah could be talking about with the same type of food or two different types of food. It could be talking about the same type of food. My nismayat, what does it mean that it was diminished? Nismat mate. It's actually talking about where it's completely gone and there's no more food. So then, he needs to use the same type of food and then he doesn't have to get everyone's consent. Or we could say when it's completely gone, so then he has to get everyone's consent. However, if it's not completely gone and we still have some of the original sheet 
Yosef left, then he does not have to get everyone's consent, even if it's two separate types of food. And we continue explaining the Mishnah in the for Alain, when there's more people to come into this Mavoy, Yosef and Muzaka, he could add his own food, maybe Muzaka, everyone. However, he does have to get their consent. And the Gemara says, Amrav Shizbi, Amrav Chizda, Zaysay Maris, what do we see from this Mishnah? Chaluk and all of Chaverav al Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda's friends, the Chachamim, they argue with him. Ditnan, we have a Mishnah, Amrav Yehuda, Rabbi Huda says, when is it that they need to get his consent? Only with Erev Chumin. So we're talking about Erev Chatseris. We're allowed to make an Erev whether or not we have the people's consent. So we see that this Mishnah is not like Rabbi Huda. The Gemara says, It's obvious that they argue with him. Why is it that Rav Shizbi B'Shem Rav Chizda has to say this official statement we see from this Mishnah that they argue with Rabbi Huda? It's obviously argue with him. So the Gemara answers, You might have thought, When is it that we need to get a person's consent? When we're talking about a chatzor that's in between two mavois, so we need to get his consent to join in with this mavoi as opposed to that mavoi. He might not want to join in with mavoi A. He might want to join in with mavoi B. But if it's a chatzor that belongs to one mavoi and he doesn't have a choice, we might say that we do not have to get his consent and we can join him in the shitaf against his will. He still needs to be asked if he wants to join in the shitaf. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, what exactly is the size? And we had said that there's a difference between a large group and a small group of people. The Gemara says, how many people is a lot. I'm Rabbi Huda, I'm Shmuel. Shmaina Esri B'nai Adam. 18 people. The Gemara asks, Shemayin Esrei V'sulai, only 18 and no more than that? We say, no, you're right. Ema, Mishemayin Esrei V'elech, anything from 18 and up. So we say, Umayin Shemayin Esrei V'nakat, why specifically the number 18? Amar V'yeshach B'red Rabbi Yehuda, L'didim M'far Shalim M'nei Da'aba, I can explain this, Kol She'ilu M'chalkei L'mazin Shtei Sudais B'neihem. If we would divide the amount of two Sudais in between all the people in the Mavoy, V'en Magas, Gregeres L'chal Echad V'echad, and we don't get to the amount of a dried fig for every single person, Hain Hain Merubin, that means that there's a lot of people. People. They don't even have enough food for a dried fig for everyone. That means that's a lot. And then all we need for this shitov is two sudas worth of food. And if there isn't so many people and everyone's going to get a dried fig's worth, that means that there's only a few people. And we're teaching us as a side factor to stay sudas. The two sudas worth is 18 dried figs. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up with a fresh Mishnah tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful day.